Hello, it's your friend Ross here. Um, just before the podcast begins, I just want to let you know um, I do have some rather glary technical issues in this episode. I've tried to cut them down as best as I possibly can, um, but you'll notice that we've had to cut the pod a little bit short this week uh, because we just sort of ran out of time to do things and my mic was being a dick. Um, as you can see now, it's being absolutely perfect because it's an asshole and it hates me, apparently. Um, but I just want to let you know if you hear some kind of dodgy robot voices or me cutting in and out, um, I've tried to cut it out as much as I possibly can, um, but if you do hear it, that's what's going on. It's all a bit rubbish. But anyway, thank you for checking out the latest episode of the Fingers Podcast, as ever. It is an absolute banger, and um, anything we said we were going to do this week that we can't do or didn't get round to, we will definitely jump on next week, and we're really excited to do that. So do check out next week as well. But until then, enjoy episode 212 of the Finger Guns Podcast. That's a scary dinosaur. Hello, my name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast. Once again, I am joined by Joshua Thompson. I'm first, guys. Yeah. yeah. Never thought I'd be here, but I'm first. Thank you, started, Roscoe. Started from the bottom. Now you're here. Yeah. Next, it will be your job hosting. Mm-hmm. I'll be the captain now. Take it, man. <laughs> Take it. It's yours. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, man, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Good, good. It feels like, well, it feels weird talking because we weren't really talking that much long ago because we were fully enjoying a certain game over the weekend and oh, last week. Oh, were we just? Oh, what a week boy. it's been. Lovely. Hey? Oh, my goodness me. We've got plenty to talk about tonight. We've actually got fucking loads to talk about tonight, so we probably should crack on. Um, Kaz, hello. Hello. How you doing, pal? Hello, okay, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. <laughs> good, good, go to a good. What is with the accent that you've chosen to take on this evening? I don't know, it's like half baby voice, slightly 10% like guten tag, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hey, how's it going? Things are uh, things are good after this, I'm going to, uh, got myself a lovely, uh, Complete first season of Last of Us. So I'm going to watch that again tonight. I'm very excited. I actual that's so cool. Very very nice. I did read today that they have written the first episode of season two before the writers strike, so Ooh. their delay will be a lot less than other shows. So, but then they've got the actors strike, which is the problem. So now they can't actually make it. Oh wow! So I should pay them more than shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. Pay your actors uh, more than twenty million an episode. Damn it, you cheeky <laughs> bastards! Um, more the writers, though. Pay the writers more. Yes, the writers are the important ones here. Yeah, Matt Damon picketing. What the fuck? <laughs> Good for him. You're fine, Matt. Okay, just calm down. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't take it seriously. And Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. How are we? Fab. I'm super. Thanks for asking. How are you? 
fabulous so yeah excellent as well thank you very much we uh yeah i've been having fun this week this weekend haven't we what a weekend it's been god the best i feel cat's been missing out to be honest i i would agree with that sentiment highly it's not for a lack of trying yeah i mean it's not like we didn't make an effort you know believe me we've tried (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry i didn't play shoot shoot dinosaur with you uh, just completely not interested. Just nope, don't want to play it. Nope, doubt. Yeah, no, yeah. nope, doubt. Just like how Miles noped out of watching Mario with me. So now I haven't seen Ooh. Mario. Wow, Miles. Yeah, <sighs> I'm not so sorry, noped out seeing Sonic Two with me, and I haven't seen Sonic Two yet. So, so yeah, let's it's... not start the nope doubt game because I'm fucking better at it, Miles. <laughs> so <laughs> fair. <laughs> Couples counseling, maybe. Sometimes you just got to do things, you know. You've got to do things as a couple. I'll tell yeah, you just, story. Just don't um, My um, one of my um previous partners, um Jay, who some of you may know, um, she was ready to theatre and like, and you know, she she worked for a theatre company and stuff, and so we used to get tickets for shows, and we went to this thing which can only be described as a living nightmare for me. Because it was immersive theatre. And this is theatre where it's not on a stage. It's in a derelict building. And you walk around the building. And things are happening on different levels. I have been part of one of this. And I love it. I love it so bad, Ross. But for me, as an anxiety-ridden adult, (laughs) um, I understand that it's all acting and stuff. But it's when you get pulled by one of the actors into a room and then sat down and then told a monologue to your face for five minutes. And mm-hmm. I'm deeply, deeply, deeply uncomfortable with this. And I still to this day have nightmares about it. And when we got to the very top of the building, it nothing happened. Like it just wasn't worth it. And oh, Jackie, that's a shame. Jackie, bless her heart, she was like, I really loved it. I found it really, really emotional and stuff. And I just couldn't see that side of it because I was so uncomfortable the whole time. And I, I really, oh, really wish you. I could. But the point is, I did it for her. You know what I'm saying? Good for you, man. Good for you. So you can go and see the fucking Mario movie. I, have, Jesus Christ. I have been an actor in one of those massive theatre things. It was called Cerebellium. And it was a like long, drawn-out, um, like interactive, like derelict ball. They're very similar. Um and um, it was like all televised at one point as well. And it was very, very fancy. And I fucking loved every moment of it. I had to like wash people's hands. And then as they were washing their hands, touch their hands and make them really uncomfortable. So you'd have hated my one because um, I purposely mm. had to make you feel really uncomfortable and try and trick you. It was all about like the human psyche. So we had to like each each actor you came across would test your human psyche in some way and test your illusions as well. Like there were different rooms with different illusions and like different sensory things as well that would like cut off a sensory. It was fucking great. It was amazing, <laughs> but it was really uncomfortable. You'd yeah. pay it every second of it. But well, anyway, yeah, Miles, go see the fucking Mario movie with me, man. Like, it's the same thing. It's the in- it's close to an interest that you have. This is fucking gaming. I'm not asking you to go see The Little Mermaid or Barbie with me, am I? Just want to go see Barbie with me. Prime always a game. I really want to see the Barbie movie. Yeah, Miles, Miles has got like no comment on this right now. Look at him. Do you I, actually I, want I, to go I see the Barbie nothing. movie? <laughs> I genuinely, I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't understand how the director of Little Women and 
um, what was it? That's Search Lady, Lady Bird. Lady Bird is making a Barbie movie. It's going to be really introspective and deep and have some real. Let's do it, Ross. Do you want to go on a fun date to see the Barbie movie? I'm totally down to go see the Barbie movie. I really am. Barbie. Every trailer so yeah. far, I've been like, hell yeah, that sounds real good. And I feel that Mars is judging it before seeing it, which is not something like the Mario do. movie or the Sonic movie. Who wouldn't even watch the Sonic movie? The Sonic movie actually slaps. The Sonic movie slaps so in hard. It. it slaps so hard. And Wait, Exocrumble and Stray and Fortnite. Um, should I go on? Yeah, go on. Mars, give me, Mars give me really some more. Give me some more. I want to know more. Come on, keep going. Keep going. Like anal and. Hi, <laughs> get. Yeah, the lesson learned is to try new things, people. Yeah. Pegging. Okay. Just things that I know you enjoy. I've seen the videos. Hey, that certain Alien Mars video was only for your eyes, and now you've ruined it. Do you check out Mars's OnlyFans? It's very, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, it's an experience, if nothing else. Maybe we should move on. Perhaps. But uh, what I'm saying is, uh, yeah. Do immersive theatre things with your partner if they want to. But not that one, because that was really uncomfortable. We saw some really good stuff in that time. I saw some lovely, amazing things. But that was not one of them. Oh, my God. Uh, Josh, what is your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week is... I'm not going to talk about the game that I've definitely put the most hours into over, say, even Final Fantasy 16 at this point. Um, I will, however, talk about Loop Hero. Um, developed by Four Quarters and published by Devolver Digital. Um, it's on Steam and it's on Nintendo Switch. I wish this was on PS for the trophies because, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a trophy whore. Um, I'm just going to read it because I can't, I can't explain it enough uh, or well enough without some help. So the Lich has thrown the timeless loop and plunged its inhabitants into a never-ending chaos. Wield an expanding deck of mystical cards to place enemies, buildings, and terrain along each unique expedition loop for the brave hero. Um, so the clues in the title, it's a bit of a roguelite. Um, you essentially start a loop, which is a set-out path on an empty map. Um, and then as you progress through that loop going going round and round, um, you will the em enemies will spawn and you kill them and they drop stuff and then you build out this this whole area and you kind of do it, you kind of start it all again until you get because you get um, materials to upgrade for the next loop and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not that deep into it, but um, there's something about it where there's like some instant gratification. Uh, it's not like something that you need to press loads of buttons for. You can literally just watch it happen and kind of just watch your watch your terrain and your area build and grow. Um, and it was just something uh, for the the game it was something that was like right place, right time for me. Um, I'm really in a funk at the moment with some games, um, not not finishing them and or not feeling the need to go back to them. But this one kind of just scratched that little itch of like just one more loop or you know do do this one little upgrade and just watch things happen watch things progress and just really enjoy it the soundtrack's awesome i really like the pixel art style for it um it's quite minimal um but it's got really nice use of colors and stuff like that and it's just a really like satisfying well-made game um and i 
just think Devolver just have a great like palette for their publishing arm. Um, I think they know how to pick them, and this is definitely one of those. Agreed. They seem to know what they're doing there almost every time. Um, they just knock it out of the park. Cats, what's your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week is the well-awaited sequel to Oxen Free, and that's Oxen Free Two. Woohoo! Um, got my grubby little mitts on the sequel of Oxen Free. If you don't know what it's about, you should play it. Um, yeah. So I actually picked up Oxen Free like for like seventy nine p like a couple of months ago, maybe like a year ago now actually, um, around Christmas time. Not this Christmas, maybe last Christmas. Okay, maybe a little bit. Maybe quite a while ago now, but it's a fucking good game. Essentially, it's about oh, the first game is about a kid who goes away to an island for like a, a weekend party, um, and like mysterious things start to happen, and there's like rumors that there's like dimensional shifts, and there's like you know um, electromagnetic pulses in in the radio. So they have one of those old school radios, and when they um, like tune it, there becomes like a tear in the reality and in time. And her friends one by one start getting possessed, and she has to try and get herself back to the same time dimension before she gets stuck there. Um, it's a very very good game. Um, it's got twists and turns and the really fun thing about it is that it's completely like um, dialogue it's really dialogue heavy but in a way that you can choose like your own ending um, and depending on how you choose to speak to people will depend on your relationships it will depend on um, the ending as well um, and what actually happens and your choices matter as well so I love a game where choices matter it's just a good game um, I was actually desperate for Miles to love it and then he played it like three months ago and didn't love it and deleted it after like two hours and I was so sad <laughs> you know like when you love a game and you're like oh i just really want the person that i love to love this game because i really thought they would because it's very life is strangey kind of like you know decision making blah 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 um and he hated it and i was like oh, no never mind um so yeah, so I got the sequel to that. Um, the sequel is all about a different person who's not on the same island, but she's on like the island that it docks from, and essentially she starts a job um, placing transmitters for the environment because there are the the island that is the dock to the island that was in the first game has started now to receive like radio disruptions um so obviously the, the kind of goings on from edwards island is now starting to kind of travel over to the mainland um and she needs to investigate it and it's her first night on the job and then shit starts to go down pretty quickly after that um it's a fine sequel i was really looking forward to it i thought that it would do a lot more it is much of the same um i guess like the, the sum of it is is that like it's great to be back in the world again it's great to have everything like they have certainly elevated some bits like the graphics and some of the like mechanics of it all um she feels a lot more easier to control even if she does walk at a snail's pace um but yeah it just didn't just didn't hit the right spot for me which is a bit disappointing because i was very much looking forward to it um but i still did enjoy it so it is still worth picking up if you loved the first one but i guess don't expect it just felt like there wasn't as much as the first one and i you know a sequel when you when you do a sequel a sequels either supposed to you know elevate or you know maintain what you love about the game and elevate all of the, the bit like different bits about it or it's just supposed to i don't know do something a bit different um and this kind of just met straight bang in the middle it kind of has everything that you love in it 
but it doesn't massively change anything. And I guess for some people that might be really great, but there's also bits where they didn't include it from the first one. Like this one feels a lot less dynamic. In the first one, there's a whole like there's a whole playthrough you can do where you don't say anything, and all the characters are really receptive to it. They're like, "All right, don't say anything, then. All right, then that's rude." And then, <laughs> and you're, you can see the relationship start to shift per scene. In this one, it kind of felt like I was doing my second playthrough, and even when I was picking completely different responses, they were saying the same things, and I was a bit like really? Like, I remember in the second playthrough, the game knowing it was my second playthrough, which is maybe part of the the loop of the first one, but oh, I don't know. It just didn't hit the spot for me, you know? It was just like a chocolate brownie. I fucking love a chocolate brownie, but if you don't do anything jazzy with it, that's just a chocolate brownie, isn't it? So, I don't know. That's my review of Oxy Free 2. You can read my review on the website. It's just a chocolate brownie. It's just a chocolate brownie. I love a chocolate brownie. But the yeah. first one was a chocolate brownie. Like, I'd, I'd, I need something more. <laughs> I can't believe uh, Mars didn't enjoy it. Mars has been really put over the coals this evening. Last week it was his birthday. All excited. This tonight, fucking Miles. Yeah, I feel like Wait, I'm under a review here. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, just <laughs> I feel like it. I'm just being reviewed. I've not even done anything. <laughs> That's the thing, though, Mars. It's what you haven't done. You haven't watched Sonic. You haven't watched um, Mario, and you didn't like Oxen Free. So it's what you haven't been doing and what you haven't been liking. Mm. I'm kidding, love you. Should we talk about something you did like? Yeah, please. That'd be nice. Again, shocking the world with his <laughs> love for this game. Miles, what could be your game of the week? Oh. We got to talk about wormholes and dinosaurs out of the fucking sky. It's like dinosaurs final. falling from the fucking sky. And we all just had, well, I say all, we all had a lot of fun, didn't we? All being Roscoe and Josh and Toby, especially, and Greg. Yep. We all had a wonderful uh, time. We had a wonderful time. We had a time together and it wasn't it, awful. It was wonderful. You discovered Nimbus and you had a great time. You loved it, really. Oh um, yeah, we discovered Nimbus and then everyone went. Everyone <laughs> <left>. <laughs> then it was the end. Toby had pieced out. He'd had enough by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Primal's a rather difficult one to explain simply because this is a game I have come to the conclusion is pure Marmite in that people who enjoy this kind of um, chaotic, very dumb and silly type of online game are going to absolutely adore and everybody else who doesn't like that is going to absolutely despise the existence of this game um as we kind of discovered by myself and josh thoroughly enjoying the game and being able to kind of get wrapped up within the meta of it and the different class systems um whereas others are very much not keen (laughs) um it is like a very Michael Bay movie type of video game. It is all about spectacle and thousands of raptors chasing after you at all times and you just go into town shooting the living hell out of them and sending them back to extinction. It is exactly what it presents itself as being. It is a dumb action game. But it does have a bit of depth and skill ceiling if you want to invest yourself into it. It's very easy and accessible to play, but... It's all about just learning the different classes, experimenting with them, and basically synergizing with your team to actually be effective. So myself and Josh, as we were kind of playing a lot of matches together over the weekend, we were starting to figure out like compositions and stuff. And there is more to the game than meets the eye. It just does a very bad job in the first three to five hours of telling you that it's anything more than just 
a dumb game. Um, and what's really interesting is we both reached a point in the story where suddenly new things unlocked and there was new maps and there was a couple of boss battles and suddenly we were coming up against teams who were actually quite coordinated and we were thinking, oh, this is actually quite enjoyable. There's more to this game than it presents. It just is so badly paced at the start. I think that's going to put a lot of people off. Um, Josh enjoyed the story elements a bit more than me um, in terms of there is like a novel way that it tries to merge like a story-driven narrative alongside its online focus there's only one mode and it is only online so you just have to play either against bots or other um or with other players um and it's a 5v5 kind of competitive mode where you're kind of competing to complete the objectives quickest and then there's a bit at the end where you and the other team come face to face and start shooting the living hell out of each other as well as the dinosaurs um there is a story element to it the dialogue is awful the cutscenes are terrible but the idea of it isn't bad there is like a, a genuine concept in there that um, I think Josh especially was quite keen on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I when I sat down to write the review, which is up on the site now, the biggest question I asked myself was, have I had a bad time playing this game at all over the past 15 to 20 hours that I've spent with it? And my genuine answer was no. There was never a point when I was playing this where I thought, Do you know what, I would rather be playing something else. And it's not because the game is exceptional. It's because it's just fun. It is enjoyable to play and it knows what it is. And it is mindlessly repetitive in some ways, but it's just got something about it that will kind of suck you in if you're willing to push through the initial few hours. I genuinely think there is a very good game in here, but you just have to accept that you are in an exosuit shooting dinosaurs out of wormholes. Like, if you can get over that fact, you will have a lot of fun with this game. And it's the same old adage of like, play it with friends, you will just have a whale of a time. If you were having to play this solo, there's not a lot that's going to keep you entertained unless you invest yourself into the meta of it itself. But do you know what? For someone who started out probably hating this game and the fact that it even existed, the fact that it's won me over, I think is a testament to the fact that it did something right. Because I like this game and I think it is worthy of its existence. And it's not Dino Crisis and so I still hate it for that reason. But if we get Dino Crisis as well, I wouldn't mind having both. And that's probably the biggest compliment I can give it. Yay to Exoprimal. I can't wait to shoot more T-Rexes in the face with a grenade launcher. Yay! See? Not to mention it's also free on Game Pass. It's um, also free on Game Pass. It is free on Game Pass, yeah. Um, it's 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 something, isn't it? I think I was the one that was the most excited <laughs> for Exoprimal, um, leaning into it. And... Yeah, it, it has disappointed me just because at launch it's very, it is somewhat lacking in its um, diverse appeal. Yes, um, it's thin on the ground. There's not much going on. Uh, but I have every, every faith that Capcom are going to stick with it and are going to see through the roadmap um, that they've set out for this thing. And hopefully in about six months time, when we all jump back in again, to check out the updates, uh, it'll be a um, it'll be a a refresh of a game that certainly has potential. I don't hate it by any means. It's just um, I wanted it to be dumb fun, and it is dumb fun in the way, but it's just over and over and over again. I do agree, and like I said, the yeah. first you know five hours of the game does nothing to sell it at all because you are just repeating the same map, the same dinosaurs. There's little variety. And then you reach a certain point and the game's like, oh yeah, here's some of the fun stuff now. And you're like, for fuck's sake, why didn't you give this to the players for the start? And then you wouldn't lose people. And the, like, the first five hours are the most important of a game because 
you're not going to invest any more than five hours into it if you're bored already. And it's such a shame that they paced it so badly that new players or people going into it with, you know, a certain expectation are just not going to get that. And I totally understand where people are coming from where they're like, it's boring and repetitive and there's nothing to it because the first couple hours are exactly that. I completely agree. It was only when I reached a certain point and then I got those extra things and new dinosaur types and new maps and everything else that suddenly I was like, oh, this game does have a bit more. And then that's when my score actually bumped up because originally I was probably on like a five or a six. Um, And then the more I played of it, the more it steadily increased. It was never going to get above a seven. It's just not that kind of game, but um, it did manage to redeem some of those qualities, but it's just a pain in the ass that you have to work to get there. A game shouldn't be work to get to the fun bit. Not that kind of game to get above a seven. So not a great game. Yeah, it's never going to be a great game. It's a it's a decent to good game, and that is pretty much its ceiling for me. <laughs> of all the kind of multiplayer shooters we played uh, this year, do you think it's up there as one of the better ones? I'm including like, you know, Back for Blood, Crime Boss, etc. So I would say it's definitely better than Crime Boss because Crime Boss, when we finished playing, I had absolutely no incentive to play it again unless it was all of us going into it to. <laughs> just experience it again mm. um back for blood is an interesting one because i think after its dlc's back for blood is a much better game and i think that now is the better package overall but at launch i think we had more fun with exo primal than we did with back for blood and i say that in terms of when we played through back for blood we did it a couple times and then it started to feel very repetitive very fast with very little that was being gained the further in we got Exoprimal, once you get over that initial hump, there is a better game lurking behind it. Um, And so for me, I've actually enjoyed my time more with Exoprimal at launch, but I think Back for Blood has been improved steadily over time, which makes it the better game now, if that makes sense. Whereas in a year's time, if Exoprimal is built upon, it does have more modes, then I would argue it would be a game definitely worth jumping into. Um, Right now, it's just a case of if you like this type of genre of online only, it's silly fun. There's not like much single player or story content, but you know what you're getting. Like you're just going to have a fun time, not like a deep time. Um, then I think there's a lot to like, but that's a very niche audience of people. Yeah, that's a very, very good answer. Thank you. Yeah, I, I've, been trying to like, I've been trying to formulate it all day because I was like, how do I explain to people that I really like this game, even though I know it's only going to ever be good never any better but also acknowledging that it does have a lot of problems and it is content light which especially given that it has a premium battle pass which we remarked about it Mm. it just feels a little bit like you know it's 50 pounds at launch it's one mode it has a premium battle pass it doesn't sit particularly well on that front and i think that's where some of the issues are coming up for people as well quite understandably um but like you said, I actually think if they stick with this and add more stuff to it, I think there could be a really good, you know, life cycle for this game. I think it could be one that sticks with a certain audience of people for quite a while. Sounds like what it's like to be a Sonic fan for the past 20 years, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's like, I know it's not good, but I've got to stick by it no matter what, you know? Yeah. Just I've endears to, a certain loyalty. I've just got, to, just got to be there for my boy no matter what. Um. So yeah, Exo Primal is the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom of video games. 
So it's the Michael Bay of video games, and it's the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom of video games. I wonder what else we can uh, compare it to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my game of the week is... I've only really played Fortnite and Exoprimal this week, because um, I've been at work a whole lot, so I don't really have a lot to add. Uh, I've reached level 100 on Fortnite. Hooray! Which means I'm now Optimus Prime bombing around the islands. That's fun. Um, but again, I'm not feeling this uh, this season right now. It's I think one of the weaker outputs from Fortnite as of late. Um, I just hope it's, it gets better uh, moving forward. Yeah, there's not really a lot to sing with the Root about right now. Um, so we'll see. I need to get out of this jungle mode and we can get back into some of the cooler stuff, like uh, when they added Me- uh, Mega City, when they added, you know, all those cool stuff. So we shall see. I feel like I've been here before with Fortnite, with the Primal series, uh, the Primal season. So. Yeah, we need something new for now. I know it's impossible because you've already done everything. Um, but yeah, they're seeing it. They're seeing it right now. Um, rather than let's get into the we've got so much to talk about. Let's get into the quiz. Uh, Miles. Hello. Bring us a quiz. Let's do a quiz, shall we? Let's get right into it. I know yeah, we have a lot to cover. We haven't uh, <laughs> got five topics of conversation and a feature. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's I speed our way like we through. We need this. to bump bump some shit, otherwise we're gonna be here for like four days. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um I'm giving we've got fifteen minutes until we're joined by Yog. Uh so we might be able to get straight into meta, but the news is so big, I don't think we should miss it either. So I don't I know. reckon just do the so, couple I, of big ones. There's a big yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll do a couple of big ones, um, and then we'll get into our big topic. Uh but Miles, let's go over the quiz before we're here until Let- Let's do this. <laughs> uh, we all know the rules. Hands, please. No emojis. Thanks. Uh, okay, question one. Which PSVR shooter game was set in London and features Colin Salmon in a lead role? Roscoe. Uh, Blood and Truth. Yes, correct. Yeah. Well done, sir. Yeah, you were almost about to fumble the second word, weren't you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Blood and dinosaurs. Oh, God, I don't know. Blood and wormholes and things. Uh, question number two. 2008's Two Human released on Xbox after a decade of development and a budget of 60 to 100 million. But how many copies did it end up selling? Less than 500, less than 80,000, less than 450,000, less than 700,000, or less than 1.2 million? Roscoe. 40,000. No, I'm afraid not. Josh. Well done, Human. <laughs> oh, did you say less than 80,000? So 580,000, 450,000, 700,000, or 1.2 million? Uh, probably 450,000. No, I'm afraid not, sir. Cat. Okay. 80,000. I'm afraid not either. It ended up selling just shy of 700,000 copies, which for a game with a budget of that high was quite the flop indeed. And I'm pretty sure it was the end of that entire studio. Damn. <sighs> it was meant to be such a good game as well. Uh, question number three. What other group of characters called in Persona 5? Or the gang, I suppose. D- damn, I thought... I was going to say, I thought someone would know this. <laughs> I have never played Persona. No, never. Uh, the, this would have been gay, like the, like the college kids oh, yes. life or something. Oh, Josh has got it. Go on, Josh. It's the Phantom Thieves. It is indeed the Phantom Thieves. Well done, sir. Oh, that sounds that sounds familiar. Yeah. I was like, steal your hearts. No, that's what they say. No. <laughs> oh. His name's well, Joker. Well done, sir. 
Uh, question number four. Rainbow Road is a track from which famous Nintendo series? Oh my god, Kat, you're first. Mario Kart. It is indeed from Mario Kart. Well done. Which one? <laughs> no, I said from which series? <laughs> Every, everyone. Uh, which upcoming 2023 video game is based on Pinocchio and weaponized machinery? Oh, Roscoe, Fuck. you just beat the punch there. Fuck. Lies of P. It is indeed Lies of P. Well done. Uh, excluding remakes and remasters, how many Ledger Suit Larry game video games have there been? Jesus Christ. How oh dare you God. mention his name? <laughs> Josh. Oh no. 12. No, I'm afraid not, sir. I will go for the closest score at the end. Uh, Roscoe? Six. No, I'm afraid not. It's not six. Cat? Five. Oh, I'm afraid not. Josh was the closest. There have been ten games, excluding remakes and remasters. Oh, God. Uh, Including there is twelve, because I just know the the whole amount, you know. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with all the remakes. I think it's thirteen with the remakes and remasters, too. Um, I will give each of you up to one bonus point if you can name a title from one of those ten games. Josh. Magna cum loud. <laughs> That's so funny. Love that. All right. Uh, Kat, you have your hand up. Isn't one called like Looking for Love? That's like the tame one. Oh, I might have to check that. I didn't actually pull a Wait, so mine isn't one. No, yours is one. Yes, I thought so. Jesus. I said, I said up to one point each. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Looking Kat, for Love was the one that Ross was? just recently did. Looking for Love. Wasn't that the one that Ross just recently did? Um, I don't think it was called that. No, it, it was, was not a, called that. It was a. Um, it was a. <laughs> it is romance, a title. Romance love simulator. Oh, oh there's a there's a brilliant one here that could be used. Yeah, Kat, you get that point because that is a title of one of Thank them. Thank you, Roscoe. You can have a go if you'd like an extra point. I don't want to say it publicly. Share that I say it. <laughs> the name of Legendary Larry Games. So I'm going to um, politely decline. But there's Legendary oh. Larry in Land of the Lounge Lizards. <laughs> I will accept that. I will accept it. You'll accept it because it's a correct answer, Miles. Thank you very much. Yep, I will. I will in- it's not the answer I wanted from you, but it is the answer I will accept. I'm I'm not gonna let this go. There's one called Wet Dreams Don't Dry and Wet Dreams Dry to twice. Yeah. Oh yeah, is that the one that Ross did? It is indeed the one that Ross did, yeah. <laughs> wet Dreams Dry Twice. Amazing. The fact you said that and I went, I've never heard of that shows how little that game had an impact on me because i reviewed it and i've never heard of it i'm pretty sure your subtitle for it would like actually made me proper laugh like you know when you guttarily laugh at something at your laptop and you kind of feel a bit embarrassed afterwards i'm pretty sure i read your subtitle of it and i was like mm. couldn't stop i remember one of them wasn't horrible <laughs> it was bad but it like it wasn't like a fucking disaster like every other one <laughs> yeah i feel like the one that i said was like probably maybe the most risque one um, I feel like it was in like a very similar time to that Playboy the Mansion game. Yes, it was like just looking for that sort of edgy like boobs on TV game. <laughs> um, so it was like two thousand four or two thousand six, I think, when that one came out. So yeah, yeah. What an age! What a time! I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question number seven Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic became quite famous for its plot twist where it's discovered your playable character is actually who Josh Um, I don't know the answer Darth Vader no I'm afraid not 
Cat. Chewbacca. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jar Jar Binks, to be honest. That caught me off guard. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Ross, would you like to go? It's oh, I didn't even have the dignity to tell me. I was going to say, no. <laughs> right or wrong. yeah, yeah, no, it's, no. <laughs> it's a missile going to die. Um, that's a terrible impression of George Robbins. I mean, uh, yeah, it was an effort. Oh, was... okay. Just um, on the old Google. Jack Weed. All right. I thought you, you were going to say like, Jack the Ripper, and I was going to be like, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack afraid not. White from the White Stripes. <laughs> Uh, no, Denzel I'm afraid. Denzel Washington. Oh, close. No, not close. Uh, it's actually Darth Revan. Darth, well, of course. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck that is. Oh, come on. You call yourself a Star Wars fan. I thought it was a fan of Star Wars. He's, no, the, crazy, he's the founder of uh, Sith Empire Trademark Corporation. Ah. Did you know that David Tennant is in Ahsoka as a lightsaber builder? Oh. oh, that's cool. Damn. What a cool job. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what role yeah, that is. Appeasing the people that have played the games that kind of tinker with the lightsabers. Yeah, imagine his um, agent calling up, being like, look, I've got this perfect role for you. Oh my God, what is it? You're going to build lightsabers. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. Apparently, he was in Rebels doing it. Um, it was a voiceover. And okay. now it's in live action. So, anyway, yeah, a lot of people fact about so Rebels are in it, aren't they? I think. Mm. Loads of oh. people, apparently. Fair enough. Uh, question number eight. Which stylistic to the beat hack and slash game was released in 2023 by Tango Gameworks? Oh, oh, what's it oh, called? Oh, fuck. What's oh, it called? Oh, fuck it out. That's going to really, really bother me. Roscoe. It's not Metal Hellsinger, is it? No, it oh. is not Metal Hellsinger. Oh, oh, that was one I was thinking of as well, no. to be fair. Can you repeat the question? Sorry, Catch just put a hand up to our answer first. The only other one that I'm thinking of now that Ross is, is Hi-Fi Rush. It is indeed Hi-Fi Rush. Well done. Although, Oh my God. (laughs) I'd never have gotten that if Ross Ross hadn't gone first. So to be fair, I owe that point to Ross a little bit. Because I was was thinking of Metal Hellsingers first. I'll take it. That's my point. No, thank you. No, no, fuck it. No, thank you. I've been a macro dancer, but it's not even out yet. But... It's similar vibes. Yeah, it's in the mind. So good. Yeah, I thought that would be a nice one to bring up again. I don't feel I got enough uh, attention when it came out. Such a good game. Great game. Uh, Question number nine. In the world of Days Gone, what are the zombies referred to as? Roscoe. Fuck! I know! What are Uh, they called? I don't think they're referred to as fuck, I'm afraid. Um, (laughs) Walkers? No, they're not referred to as walkers, I'm afraid. Walkers, Dwackers. No, I'm going to have to move you on, I'm afraid. Josh, you're next. Freakers. Freakers is indeed the correct answer. (laughs) Okay, last one. How fucking dare you? (laughs) Poor Roscoe, be very careful. How dare you? (laughs) I was just thinking then how fucking criminal it is that they haven't asked what Sam Whitwer Whit- Whit- um, to be Deacon. Oh, anyway. In the in sequel, what, it's never going to happen. No, in the, in the Netflix series. Oh. Is there going to be a Netflix series? There's going to be a show, yeah. And um, 
they I don't know if it's Netflix. It's you see it on Amazon or Netflix, but they've they've announced they're doing it and then um they've admitted that they haven't reached out to Sam and Sam's admitted that he hasn't he hasn't been asked to do it. Which I think is fucking criminal. He doesn't have the luscious hairstyle. Like you're not gonna Pedro Pascal this one, it needs to be Sam Witwer. And question number 10. Which console infamously had a creepy baby commercial to promote its launch? Oh, Roscoe. That was the original Xbox. Oh, was it? Well, that wasn't the one I was going for. However, if you are right... I'll oh, wait, no. Point. <laughs> there was a advert for the original Xbox that was banned because it's it started with a baby giving birth and then it goes its entire life whilst flying through the air, turns to an old man and then lands at a grave. And it wasn't allowed oh. on television. Oh, God. Um, that's the one I'm thinking of, but I'm assuming that's not the right one. That, that wasn't the one I was looking for. However, I'll see what the other answers are. And I technically are not wrong, so I'll give you the point unless my answer was gotten. Uh, Cat. Okay, go for the PlayStation. Which one? Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, damn. Came in clutch for the guest there, didn't you? <laughs> Shut up. Really? Yep, <laughs> correct. That was through like con- that was through genuinely. I nearly said one, but then I was like, oh, I don't know. And uh, yeah, that's interesting because I would have also gone for Xbox first. But I don't know. Maybe creepy baby life. What's the what's the creepy commercial? Uh, it's basically like a baby in this like white empty room, and like there's just a TV with a console, and the baby's just like staring at it, and it's I think it's like a doll baby. Um, but it's just super creepy. And everyone was like, what were you doing? Like, what was Sony thinking? Okay. <laughs> like, it was already an over, like an overpriced console that nobody was going to buy. And then they released like a creepy commercial to celebrate it. And everyone was like, okay. Um, uh, so, yeah. I literally have never heard that before. That was... Look it up. It's horrifying. Today, today has been pure guesswork for me. <laughs> yeah, fair play. So in the interest of we had a two-way tie break, I'm actually just going to make it a three-way tie break and give Roscoe that point for the other advert, which was also a baby advert. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was wrong. No, I make it, I want to make it a three-way tie break. So we have a three-way tie break now. Because you're all on terribly four points. unfair on Josh and Cat. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have okay. a straight to the death question. Are we ready? What does that mean? Okay, go on. Are they on straight to the death questions? That sounds already up. That's yeah, just means whoever gets to it and it's just... it means if you put your hand up, I'm killing you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Um, right. Who is Lara Croft's companion buddy in the reboot Tomb Raider trilogy cat? Jonah. It is indeed Jonah. Well done. Wow, you went for a you went for a theme there, didn't you? Miles. Oh, yeah. on me. Wow! Oh, wait, now wait, wait, wait! Now we're now we're just saying it's biased because I'm a Tomb Raider fan. Okay, all right. Do another one. Do another question. Go on. If Miles asked a Sonic question, what would you say? I wouldn't ask a Sonic question. If go on, go on, do a different question here. then. Do do a different question. No, no, no. We're moving on. We got loads to do. No, I'm not having a pay win. No, fuck that. I'm being fucking <laughs> accused of being winning because I've got like. Because I'm being made out to have like five games in my archive. Right, different question, please. Right, I'll on. take the win. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it to Josh. <laughs> I'll take the pity win. <laughs> um, 
what color is the cat in Stray? <laughs> Cats first. He's ginger. Yeah, he's ginger. Yeah, you can't yeah. ask that question because the name's Cat. Like she obviously knows what cats are like. So. That's her. <laughs> <laughs> Have a question, please. Do I have to do another question? Because I don't even like that. No. <laughs> All right, let's like do another one. Game, um, so... Okay, we'll do another one. Uh, oh, um... Days. <laughs> yeah, we're doing another one. I don't even like that game. No, but your name's Cat. It's cheating. Sorry. I'm very I feel like I feel like. Females in the game industry would have a lot to say about this. I've had to work really hard for my fucking win. But if Josh got the question out, fucking Lara Croft, he'd have won straight away. But no! God. Am I, is it satisfying now? Do we do we want another question? Or do we, do we just like take away my win twice? So is that... Shout to Miles. I'm going to give Kat the win. She's won it yeah, twice. I'm going to give her the win. She's earned it. Okay, then I will. Thank you. Well done, Kat. You finished on Sorry. six points. No, I didn't. I finished on eight because I got two winning questions. How dare you? What, do winning questions count as two points each now? You said it was... I thought we had a tiebreaker of six. No, you had a tiebreaker because you all had four. Oh, fair enough. All right, then. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, look, I give you a win. Don't at me. God, I'm so sorry. So sorry that I won there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now, I think, I think anyone who wins time. just gets the hate. Yeah, that is the case. To be fair, Roscoe won by like six points on one of them, and he's—I don't think he's ever felt so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the joy gets taken away from you real quick. Like all of his answers, oh, it must have just been all Sonic. Fuck it, must have just been all Sonic and Mario questions. <laughs> wow, fuckers! Ooh, anyway. I, think I think this is hit a nerve. I might have to be more careful with my quizzes in future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, your dog. Oh. Hey, uh, you, you, oh, you, you oh, entered oh. at a great time. Uh, yeah, I I need filling in. What happened? Uh, well, um, Miles made sure the cat won the quiz. hundred percent, hundred percent. Should I should I go get the pitchfork out of my closet? <laughs> yeah, you can all Your put in a petition to veto my quiz answer. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Cat won at fair and square. Apparently, after two questions. <laughs> to be fair, I think getting that PlayStation question in and of itself is deserving of a win. Oh, yeah, totally. To be fair, that was a full-blown guess. That wasn't even like I, I didn't know knowledge. It was just a process of elimination. I give it that you were going to give me a point for the blatant wrong answer. No. Just once, just, just, oh, I, googled, I googled the buzzwords. Baby advert game console. And the Xbox one was actually the first one that came up because it said banned advert. And then I saw the PS3 one. So. And a three-way tiebreak is fun. What's up? Anyway. anyway. We're, winners, yeah. <laughs> We're all winners. Everyone's a winner, except everyone who's not. Oh, there we go now. So now, now the girls won. Now everyone's a winner. <laughs> okay, well, I just yeah. said, except so everybody who didn't win, who isn't cat. <laughs> I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the pod to play the Sims because clearly <laughs> and watch the wholesome game cup like podcast. Bloody hell. Maybe brush up in the Tomb Raider skills or something. Oh god. Because that's the only game I play. It must I must. I must. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want the horse ranch DLC for the Sims? Guys are pushing no, you pretty hard. Okay, we just want to Are they actually? Yeah, like they sent me an email the other day, and I'm like, 
If you please, someone say this. I've never, I've never ever seen them ever give us any Sims content. I've never known yeah, well, them to they, give us um, Sims content. EA are now under um, a new PR agency, and thankfully, they're one of the ones that love us to death. So, um, oh, well, yeah. thanks very much. New EA thing. I don't play the Sims though anymore. No, it's all right. For years. That's a shock, but I'm a girl. right then let's get into a bit of the news before we go into our main topic uh this week microsoft own activision hooray it's done nearly so nearly so very very close um all that's left to do is the cma in the uk has to approve it they have today delayed that decision um and so it is going to pass the scheduled time where it was meant to finish, which is tomorrow morning. Um, so Microsoft and Activision will have to wait to confirm everything until the CMA has extended the date from July 18th to August 29th. So it was likely the Microsoft deal will tick past the July 18th deadline and could see a temporary extension. So we'll see what's going on there. But um, for the time being, it looks like it's very, very nearly done. Um, what is interesting that's come out of this, I think that's pushed the CMA to uh, maybe agree, is that Xbox have confirmed that they are going to let Call of Duty stay on PlayStation following the acquisition. Uh, this is a 10-year deal. So Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation for at least another 10 years, um, which is something that I think we all expected to happen, but um, it's now been officially confirmed by Phil Spencer. And this was something that was holding back one of the deals. Not sure if it's a CMA one or the FTC one in the US. FTC, of, of course, appealed um, the decision that Microsoft can uh, acquire Activision. Uh, that was been denied. And so Xbox said are free to complete the deal. But they want to seemingly wait until the whole thing is done in the UK as well. Um, and uh, yeah, soon enough, we should all have a load of bloody video games to play on Game Pass. So, yeah, uh, the 10-year Call of Duty deal. Um, Miles, we sort of saw this coming, right? But is it good news? Is it good news? I think it's good news in the sense that it's finally over. (laughs) We can all finally rest a little bit from having to listen to this nonsense anymore. Um, I think it's it's been interesting seeing it play out and how the different uh, organizations have kind of challenged Microsoft. And I think one of them was on its cloud streaming. That's why the UK was very much against it initially. Um, which is interesting that that's been shored up by a 10-year deal for Call of Duty, even though cloud gaming services was the problem, supposedly. Um, And I think in America, it was wanted to still be blocked, but it's kind of just gone through the courts and they've said, no, screw off kind of thing. Um, I think in terms of it's a good thing because we know about the practices of Activision Blizzard and we talked about when this merger was first announced that Microsoft getting in and being able to take over the reins and remove the rather toxic leadership situation that's been going on at the company will be a good thing. Um, I think that will be the biggest bonus is that hopefully workers and the dev teams will be given more creative freedom to make the games that they want, but will also be given working conditions that aren't horrible. Um, So I think that's going to be a win. Um, It'll be nice to see the back of Bobby Kotick (laughs) um, as well, hopefully. Um, I think in terms of games... Obviously, it's a massive win for Microsoft to get games like Diablo, Call of Duty, Candy Crush in terms of the mobile market. It is a big win for Microsoft. They've had to fight tooth and nail to get it. Um, 
But I think in the end, the fact that they have got it, they will see it as their efforts have been well rewarded. The 10-year deal is basically, I think, Sony's placeholder to either bring Bungie in line over the next few years to become a first-party publisher or developer, rather, so that they can create their own franchise, which can match or at least try to generate some of the audience and the funds that Call of Duty does. Um, but it'll also give them more opportunity to get into the mobile market and try to make their you know difference there if they want to. It just buys them time. And I think that's what they're trying to do is just give themselves enough time as possible to create competitors. Or maybe they're hoping that Call of Duty will run out of steam in the next 10 years because of its numerous number of releases. Um, but I think for players, it's a good thing because all of the previous Call of Duty games going on Game Pass, there might even be a fresh influx of players for older games who people still adore and they get the chance to play them again and there'll be new communities and more people able to access them and that's never a bad thing um so i think there's positives and negatives to it i think the competition argument still holds some merit of is there really a call of duty competitor um however i do feel like sony have their own lineup of first party published um developers and games that are you know as strong as anything microsoft can produce um so yeah, the proof is going to be what Microsoft do with all the resources now, what they do with the IPs, with the teams. Um, and if nothing else, hopefully the lovely people working at Activision who do all the hard work and generate all the money um, get to actually see some of those rewards and be treated better. I think that'll be the main benefit if it all goes through. But yeah, I'm just glad it's all over. Glad that we can finally move on from this stupid thing that we've been talking about for over a year. Um, and yeah, what a massive pile of money to throw at a company. Microsoft aren't playing around. It is a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, just too much money. Too much yeah, money it is for pretty one crazy. Um, but there we go. Microsoft have done it, and they've uh, they've got it more or less over the line. And yeah, Call of Duty remains on PlayStation. Nothing has really changed, except all the money now is going to go to Microsoft instead of Activision. Yep. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Um, one thing that has changed, though, I'm going to get Cat in on this one, is they've confirmed um, that Call of Duty is staying on PlayStation, but they haven't said anything about other IP, such as your boy Spyro, your boy Crash. Um, it looks like all future games in that mold will be on Xbox. How are we feeling about such things? Um, I feel like they've been a thief in the night and stolen my my pet, my pet dragon. Um, I'd be really surprised if they continue to hog um crash. I think crash, if it stays like cod, I wouldn't be surprised at. I'm surprised there's not more fight for that to happen. Maybe there is behind the scenes. Um, just because of the fact that Crash literally started on PlayStation and has been one of the biggest series in gaming. Um arguably. So uh, yeah, I would I'd be surprised if they completely pigeonholed Crash to Xbox. Um, especially as they've just come out of a multiplayer cross console game. Um I wouldn't be surprised if they do keep IPs such as Spyro just to Microsoft now. Because there is no point, there's no benefit to them now of sharing every single IP out. Because otherwise, what would be the point of buying them in the first place? Um, 
to just have them still on every console like that's that's their pull that's what they wanted their pool to be um and they want they still want to keep the competition and so that they need to keep some cards up um especially now that card is confirmed to be on playstation so i think it would be a bold move if they um just kept the, the big because obviously arguably crash is a lot bigger than spyro um so i think it'd be a very bold move to to keep crash just on xbox or put it on game pass or whatever but i'm not surprised if every other ip gets shafted to microsoft and that's fine that can happen but like xbox sort your fucking app out just sort your fucking app out it's not hard <laughs> stop fucking around with xbox gold care fucking plus subscription shitey name thing that you've just changed sort your fucking pc app out it was ridiculous like when you've got like a top of the range pc and your fucking shitty app won't work on it get fucked so you can shove your dragon <laughs> <laughs> because if Damn. you sort your app out, no one's gonna fucking play it because your app doesn't work. Fuck. Fuck. Um. Fuck. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. When Kat mentioned about the fact that her app didn't work, I was like, "Oh, mine's been fine since I've had it." Literally the <laughs> day after I got the same error. I'm like, "Fuck." Yeah. So, I'm, I'm does now... yours not? Does yours still not work? Nope. It's um, rough, man. So I'm I am unsubscribed to Game Pass at this current moment because I can't use it. Yeah, and then never can I. I've also unsubscribed, and it's like giving me notifications to subscribe, and I'm like, what would I be subscribing to? <laughs> Just a, I don't know, like a blank screen because it doesn't even have my library. It doesn't even let me play the games on my current library because it doesn't show my library. It is like I I just am invisible. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, and also Mars is unsubscribed now as well because he doesn't really play it. So you fucking happy? So, yeah, so fucking. I don't see Steam having this problem, do you? No. Oh well. Oh well. Um, yeah, this brings me to you, I suppose. Um, if I mean we're looking at stuff like the more Blizzard side, I, I suppose. You know, Diablo, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, etc. Et um, that's all now going to be living on PC Game Pass. Um, as you can tell, the launcher isn't great because Kat and I are both unsubscribed uh, because of it. Um, does that worry you for the future of those um, those franchises? It's not ideal, to say the least. Um, I feel like games should be on as many platforms as possible in general. Um, now, it's not me being hard against exclusivity at all, but uh, I, I do feel if it's a pre-existing franchise, which I want to say Crash has had ties with PlayStation since the PS1, is it not? Um, it seems a bit weird how it's not sure. going to be on PlayStation possibly moving forward. But moving on to what you specifically said there. Um, so it Blizzard currently has a launcher for Diablo. So just to clarify, it wouldn't be on the Blizzard launcher anymore. It would just be on Games Pass. This, this has not been confirmed, but this seems to be what uh, Microsoft were referring to when they said everything through one platform. So everything will be under the Xbox banner once they've acquired Activision. Which seems weird, because what are they going to do with all the people who've already purchased the game? Um, Well, yes. uh, I think this is future games rather than games that currently are out. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of it, but... um... I don't know. I, I think it's a fairly shitty move overall. Uh, it's it's like if someone asked me to move 
uh, or my Steam library over to, or, or any future games from Steam over to Epic Game Store, as an example. I mean, I've been resisting using that for years and years. I, I tend to just like having all my my games in one library, or my, maybe a couple of games on uh, another library here and there. Like, uh, I got gifted Diablo 4, so I don't have that on Steam. Uh, I I don't like having to then worry about yet another marketplace, but I guess that might just be me being awkward because <laughs> I'm always awkward. So, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not exactly enthused about it. Uh, but, I don't know. I suppose if they actually make it so it works for people, that'd be nice because you two are not the only ones I know of. I've had issues. Uh, there's at least three people in my Twitch community have been talking about it in recent months. They've been having terrible issues uh, with with Microsoft's uh, products. So uh, if they are going to mm. start to move future releases exclusively over to it, they need to bloody make sure it works in the first place. If someone's bought something and can't access it, then uh, it's pretty fucked. So they need to they need to pretty prioritize much. that first. Uh, and then worry about, you know, trying to draw people onto their services using exclusivity agreements and so on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yes. I think once this goes through, there's going to be a surge of people joining Game Pass. And that service needs to be up and running. Yeah. Um, And smooth. How's my mic now, by the way? Is it all right? Yep, it's all good. Cool. I unplugged everything. unplugged it back in whilst Mars was talking. Seems to be okay. Um. Josh, you want to round this up? Are you uh, excited that this, that this journey is finally over? Um, yeah, I guess it's not the conclusion necessarily that um, I was hoping for overall. Um, I say this as someone who's kind of anxious at the state of the kind of treatment that kind of Microsoft and Xbox have been doing with their studios that they have acquired. Um, that's not to say that they've been treating them badly or poorly, Um but money is not doesn't solve the problems of the consumer that's kind of trying to enjoy the things that they like. Um, money solves the people that get paid, um, and they don't normally give a shit about the games. They just get give a shit about the money that they make. Um, and I think Bethesda's absolute flop of Redfall is a prime example of mismanagement of um, Bethesda kind of being given the keys to the kingdom, but also a pressure to kind of release something um, substantial in a time that kind of makes Xbox look better. And I think it it was a probably myriad of uh, separate ideas and ideologies of when the game should come out and what the game should be. Um, and a lot of meddling and a lot of pies that people from people that maybe don't know what they're talking about. Um, and it resulted in Arcane having like a crappy uh, game overall, um, and I'm yet to believe what Starfield has got to offer is truth and fact, and not another Cyberpunk 2077 at launch. Because um, uh, my money is that it's going to be, um, unfortunately. Uh, so. What does that hold for the games that are being pub that are under Activision's umbrella? Um, what's the pressure going to be like for them to produce something decent for the Xbox only platform? 
Um, so, yeah, I just don't think Xbox have shown that they can cultivate the talent that they acquire. Um, whereas PlayStation, whilst you know they have made moves to acquire bigger studios recently with Bungie and stuff like that, the ones that they do have currently, they do know what they're doing with them. Um, they set boundaries, they set rules, and they deliver decent products. And um, I'm yet to see that from Xbox in a standpoint of um, games of a similar caliber and a similar lifespan. Indeed. Um, maybe Rare might be the outlier. Have, they've done some great work with Sea of Thieves uh, the last couple of years. But yeah, I agree. It was a rocky yes. launch. Absolutely. But yeah, they, definitely. But they've um, cultivated an audience through time and, um, you know, patience. And I think most games are like that now. New games that come out that are live service, they're not audience grabbers from the jump if they don't work. But with the time, like Hunt Showdown recently is at like 20k players concurrently on Steam. And that's mm. like a double A, you know, game that kind of didn't really have an audience at launch. So it can happen. It just doesn't happen that often. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we shall see. I mean, we're still waiting to see what the initiative and Crystal Dynamics are doing with Perfect Dark. I mean, there's still so many unanswered questions with Xbox. So, you know, who knows? But until those questions are answered, hey, we can play Call of Duty Ghosts again. So that's uh <laughs> yay. Happy days. Uh, very, very quickly, um, Xbox have announced um, Xbox Live Gold no longer exists. RIP Xbox Live. It is now Xbox Game Pass Core. It is exactly the same thing, but it comes with a catalog of 25 high quality games. Brilliant. If you're already subscribed, don't worry. You'll be switched over on September the 14th. And it's all very exciting if you're into that kind of thing. Hello, everybody. What's this? A new host, not only in a different week, no, in the same podcast, because that's the way we like to do it today. Um, unfortunately, Ross is suffering. How you may have heard, who knows? We don't know if it's actually going to come out during the edit um, from some technical issues with his microphone. We've all gaslighted ourselves to thinking it's our own internet at least one point during this podcast. Um, unfortunately, it's Ross's mic. Um, so I'm taking over for the last portion of the pod. We have one more news story. We're going to do recommendations. We'll wrap up. We were going to do an excellent segment uh, this week on the review. Um, six, well, not halfway mark, but the halfway mark, sort of seven month in mark um, of our Metacritic scores. But you can look forward to that next week. Anywho, our next news story is that The Last of Us 2 is potentially getting a remake. What on earth is going on? Do we need it? There has been a rumoured um, rumored PS5 remake. Um, this is just something that's been leaked um, in the last couple of days by the composer, by apparently the series composer. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go to somebody who has a, an extremely love-hate relationship with not only the series, but especially the second um, instalment, Miles. Do we need a remaster already of The Last of Us Part 2? No. Bearing in mind, this was something that was, what, 2020? It's only three years old. Yeah. No. Thanks for coming um, to my TED Talk. That's the end of it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, Great. It's, it's, it's difficult because 
one of the things in remaking the last of us part one meant that as i think roscoe touched on this when it came out of the remake of it of the original one actually now looks better fidelity wise than the sequel which creates now a new dissonance of they wanted to bridge that gap of when you played uh, the original Last of Us, the graphical change was quite a big one into The Last of Us Part Two. I didn't necessarily even agree with that at the time. I still think the original Last of Us still looks great. Um, but now they have the issue of, oh, well, now the sequel looks worse than the original because it's now been remade on PS5. Um, so I guess from Sony's perspective, this is an easy win. They talked about this on their uh, their sales or earnings call at the time that they did the remake for Last of Us Part 1, um, where they said, effectively, this is a very cheap product to make, and it will make a lot of money. And they know that they can do that. And it did. It sold well. People bought it. There was clearly interest in it. And so while I disagreed with it, particularly its pricing model, it sells, which means Sony have no incentive to not do it. So... I think from a business perspective, it just makes sense for Naughty Dog and Sony. It fills portfolio in the meantime while they're working on presumably the factions multiplayer thing, which is wrangled and problems, um, or part three, if that's what they're working towards. So it gives them an extra injection of funds to carry on working, and it's an easy win for Sony to make more money. Do we need it? No. The game still looks amazing, even now. It probably still looks better than a lot of the PS5 games that we play even today. Um and I was going to joke about, yeah, if they remaster the entire story and rewrite it, then yeah, maybe I'll be interested. Um, but in the purpose of not being facetious, I'm not going to do it. Um, it's not necessary. It's not needed. But I think if they do it where it's, say, a 5 or a £10 upgrade akin to the Uncharted collection, where if you already own it, you only pay like, you know, a tenner um, to upgrade it. I wouldn't be completely opposed to that if they want to bring it up to parity and make the two games look very similar or pretty much the same. Um if they're going to charge, you know, a similar price point, hopefully they won't, um, or even anything over, say, £50, I think that would be not ideal in terms of the optics of what that looks like. Um, but like I said, from a business perspective, it just makes sense for them to do it, even if we don't need it. But then equally, if we don't need it, people won't buy it. So then there won't be a purpose for it either. Um, so it just depends, again, on the pricing point and how much of a remaster this is going to be um, and how if they add new modes and features and stuff maybe that will make it an investment but I don't know the skeptical part of me is taking over and saying that this is a bit of a cash grab in the interim while they're building other stuff but a part of me kind of wants to be hopeful that maybe it's going to be a genuine upgrade and they're not going to charge 70 quid for it again and that would be quite nice if they did so yeah we'll see I won't be playing it anyway because I didn't like it the first time so <laughs> yeah no absolutely we've had a lot of conversations on the pod about you know uh, Sony being very obvious that they're very businessy at the moment. They're not necessarily in it for the fans, um, which is strange considering their, their slogan about playing it for the players, what the fuck they say. Um, Josh, in as someone who has just recently played through The Last of Us Part 2, excuse me, and someone who's watched, well, I guess you watched Steph play, play through it, played a little bit of it itself, um, and, and kind of watched that story again. You are, probably have the most recent knowledge on what it looks like, what it plays like. Um, do we need it? And if we do need it, or if you would want it, would you play it again? Or um, We definitely don't need it. Um, however, I definitely he would play it for another platform. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because the way the composer Gustavo Santanaola, oh God, that is an Santaola. 
there you go. Never going to repeat that. Thanks, Miles. Um, he said that uh, in the old version, you know, I would be there. Um, however, this new version, you can make me play certain themes, um, which, you know, it's a very minor thing that's kind of added into the game. Santa Lola. Lola. <laughs> nope, you tricked me into saying it again. Um, uh, yeah, if there's more little things and trinkets like that, it just makes it a bit more of an interactive experience and more of a... Nope, not going to say it again. Don't even try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a £70 or £60 um, remaster worth of new content where you get to like have a bit more interactability with the new characters um, um but they also yeah mars was right as well the way they look like having watched both on run on a ps5 um there really isn't much difference maybe the lighting's a little bit better in last of us part one um but other than that the kind of graphical fidelity is pretty much the exact same um to the point where I feel like uh, a part two should have, should have come out sooner when the PS5 launched. That's kind of like, we had that whole mm. run of games that kind of came out almost immediately for PS5. I, things like Ghost of Tsushima, where the PS5 version was almost day one on launch. Mm. Um, so who knows? It's, it's, a, it's a cash grab. Maybe multiplayer is costing a lot more than what they bargain for and they kind of need to make more money. Um, also, um, Neil Druckmann is president now of Naughty Dog after being just uh, a developer for him. Now he's all the way up to being president. So, yeah, congrats to Neil Druckmann. Kind of now he's at the top of it all. Um, happy to see him there. Happy to see what other games are going to come from Naughty Dog in this now new era of it. Um, and I know there was members of part three with kind of supposed uh, casting calls for characters. Uh, so we'll see. Yes, yes. It was said that part two will have to be extended due to the length of the game and the many different storylines that play. Uh, that likely a season three will come, unless you're talking about the game um, and not the video, not the TV series. Oh, no, the game. Um, but that oh, did make right, me think right. about the narrative structure are we going to be able to play it back to back uh, between people? I'll, I'll be vague, <laughs> but would it be better to play it between people? That was my only gripe with that. Mm. Um, was you play one chunk as one person, one chunk mm. as another. Uh, yeah. And it really deflated the pace for me first playthrough. However, watching it, I kind of realised in the strength of it, but yeah. yeah. Like a director's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, director's cut that went on far too fucking long. Um, Yok, um, you are quite the PC player, and as we know, the Last of Us ones part one's PC port was absolutely slammed. It had like crippling performance issues. It had loads of players kind of say it was mostly negative. How do you feel about such a a kind of big player in the game industry as a game, not paying its attention to something like that and kind of maybe potentially looking to an easy cash grab like remaking a game that is three years old? Uh, I 
think that increasingly it's becoming a problem that PC ports are generally seen as a bit of an afterthought. Um, mm. Hogwarts Legacy had a similar problem, if I remember correctly, yeah. as did Jedi Survivor, I think it was. Um, all had some pretty big issues with uh, the PC versions of their games. So it's something, I mean, those are the big ones, but there's been a lot of it over the past three, four years or so. Um, mm. I mean, just look Have at you every... ever played a um, remake that has been three years old? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. So the, the, to be fair, my only experience with Last of Us is getting like a third of the way through the campaign on the PS3 and uh, playing a ton of the multiplayer because I really enjoyed the nice. multiplayer. So my, my Last of Us experience is a bit um, uh, restricted. I, I didn't end up picking up the, the remake or whatever. Um, mm, yeah. I don't know with... I don't know one Naughty Dogs, something other than The Last of Us, really, though. If I guess changing the topic ever so slightly. Um, yeah. I'd like to see a Jack and Daxter game. Um, that'd be lovely. Or something more Uncharted or like something new uh, rather than just yeah. Last of Us. It, they, I feel maybe they're getting a little bit predictable. Yeah, we'll have to see what Factions brings. There's been a lot of discourse about Factions over the last month or so. Um, I would be very disappointed in Sony if they put this part two as a £70 game again. I have no doubt that they wouldn't. Um, or would, however you would say price. that sentence. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the price was mental. Pretty much all Sony games that go to PC are like crazy price when they first release. Like God of War released, yeah. was it in 2020 or 2021 or something? And it was like full yeah, price. Yeah, quite recently. A bit nuts. Bit nuts. Bit nuts. So it sounds like it's a resounding no from the team. We do not need a remake of a game that only came out three years ago. Thanks, Sony. No, thank you. Is that you. how long it was? Yeah, it was literally released in 2020. <laughs> Holy shit. No, definitely not. What the fuck? That's why I said, have you ever played any games that have been <laughs> that have re- it only just registered. remade really after sorry. three years? It only just registered in my brain. Um, that's yeah, I know, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was only made like three years ago, dropped three years ago, 2020 it was released. Um, and now there's a rumour, well, uh, it's, you know, as confirmed as it can be when you've got the composer saying there's different themes that you can play around with in the second game. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. So it sounds like a resounding no. Um, Yog is now shocked. Oh, <laughs> because... Sony, if you're going to remake a bloody game, go and make a kill zone game, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, give us the kill zone. Exactly. Or, or starting a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... We're, not, we're not doing that. <laughs> Um, Right then, we were going to do a little bit of a Sonic piece in in the name of remakes. I'm not going to do that to Ross. I can't have him sit here in this chat not being able to contribute to (laughs) Sonic, especially when Mars is going to go, I don't care what Sonic game they remake um, or remaster, but maybe we'll get on to that next week um, because it is time for our recommendations and that means that whatever we've been listening to playing uh, watching touching whatever it might be going to over the last week and we liked it we want to recommend it to you 
um, and I'll do what Ross does, whether that be a mug, a phone, a mouse, a box, or a perfume. Um, if we liked it, we'll recommend it. Uh, Miles, what is your recommendation of the week? Uh, I kind of got stuck on recommendations, so I thought I would recommend the Dead by Daylight board game. Uh, we got the collector's edition. We haven't for... played it yet. I know, but how cool is it though? It's very cool, but like, it's and you can sick, DC like, at any time with no consequence. There's no ban for DCing the board game. Um, it's really cool. It looks wonderful. It's got all the different maps. It's got every character. It's got it every killer, like... except for all the licensed ones. They're not allowed those ones in the board game. Um, and it's just got a really cool kind of idea behind it, and it's very awesome. I almost want to go like online. full Warhammer and like paint it. Yeah, do it. That would do be it. pretty do dope. It. Do it. Yeah, because all the characters and all the gens are in there, and all the hooks are in there. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, maybe that's a project. Okay, it will be done. So aesthetically, you're recommending the Dead by Taylor board game. I'm recommending it TBC. on the basis of the board, <laughs> the the actual box it comes in is dope, and all the pieces look awesome, and the maps look cool. I don't know how it plays, but it's cool. If you like Dead by Daylight, you'll like the board game, because it looks like it. Yeah, there's so much to it. Absolutely. All right, well, TBC on uh, how it plays. Um, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. Um, Josh, what is your recommendation of the week? Uh, I kind of came with nothing at the moment uh i've really not done much apart from exo primal and um work and a bit of loop hero um i did however watch a netflix documentary called into the deep um the submarine murder case uh it's a doc it's a documentary that's more so based on what it's going for than doing that netflix trope of dragging out every single bit of information benign or not to make as many episodes out of it it does what it says what it, it does what it wants to do respectfully and it doesn't waste your time it's an hour and a half and it is an insane documentary um about a guy named uh he's a swedish uh like he's got a bit of money and i've no he's he's the money i have no idea where it comes from uh, his name's peter madston He's from, he's Danish, apologies. Um, he, he basically made a, um, a submarine with a team. Uh, and then he wanted to be the first like amateur um, astronaut. So he, him and like some interns were going to make um, a rocket ship to go into space and be the first ones. There's a lot more to it. Um, there's really, really dark foreshadowing. Um, like I said earlier, it's very respectful of kind of the victim and the kind of people surrounding it. And it's just a very, very like weird place, weird time. Because the person that's documenting the the movie or the documentary actually came at it originally for something else, was basically reporting on uh, what Peter Madsen's doing in terms of the the creations of the rocket ship and the space race that's going on with another company that he used to work for. Um, and it turned into this, um, which is really unexpected. Um, but yeah, it was, it's kind of just, yeah, it's something to, I, I don't want to say too much because kind of the pieces that they put together in a way is like the best part about it. Very nice, very nice. 
Okay, then. Jag, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, I had to rack my brains heavily because my recommendations would be exactly the same as they have been for the last like three weeks at this stage. I'm very predictable <laughs> at the moment. However, I have been reading a bunch of background stuff for Battletech again recently. So um, I guess I am just going to recommend the Battletech universe as a whole if you like big giant stumpy mechs in what's quite a um, more grounded universe compared to something like Warhammer. Uh, then Battletech is probably your go-to. Uh, it's also much cheaper to get into. There is a board game um, where, like, a lance of mechs, which is like four or five models, which you only need a couple to actually do a game. Um, it's like 30 quid, whereas Warhammer, you'd be lucky to get an army for under, like, 200, realistically. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's far cheaper. Um and there's tons of online resources for free. The sauna.net, which is like uh, where like a vast repository of all the background knowledge for the, the game and stuff. And uh, plus just seeing giant robots stomp and shoot at each other is pretty cool. So uh, there's also a radio game, uh, but there's a few. There's MechWarrior, but uh, the one I'd most recommend is a turn-based strategy game called, well, funnily enough, just called Battletech. Uh, it's excellent, <laughs> and uh, there's mods for it once you've completed vanilla game, which add a whole level of complexity. Um, Rogue Tech, and I can't quite remember the name of the other one, uh, is, oh, Battletech Advanced 3062 or something like that. Uh, like, the best mods out there. So, yeah, I, I'd just say Battletech, like... Go go go! Give it a look. See, just spend five minutes reading about <laughs> give it. Give it a see, little look. See, see, <laughs> see whether you'd like it. Love it. Love, 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 love. What is my recommendation? Um, I very recently checked out the game demo on Steam for um, Nor Play with Your Food or Noir. No, now play with your food which i don't know if you've seen it it's actually been on the playstation store and like quite a lot of storefronts for a long time and it hit a lot of the showcases last year where it's like this asmr food playing like fucking around with like random food um it's kind of like a really big interactive screensaver um and i i just jumped into the demo because i was intrigued and it is it's very like asmr um i i did a couple of levels and there's one level where like you just pop popcorn um with the controls and you can pop them to different like degrees and then you've got like different things that you can do to them like you can set them on fire See, even talking about it, because it was very relaxing, it makes me yawn. Um, you can freeze it, you can play with gravity, you can chuck it all up in the air. Um, it's just strange. It's just a really strange experience, but like it is like almost like digitally playing with slime. I just that's the only way that I can describe it. Is it's very playful, it's very stress-free, it's very like explorationy, um, but in a sense of like you're exploring the food itself, not really like anything to do with the level. It is just like different keys on your um controller will drop different foods of that like level. Um and then you have like power ups and the power ups can freeze, play with gravity, you know, shoot up in the air. 
it's random, man. It is random. I did read somewhere it was going to be 30 quid, and I was like, oh, it's, it's definitely not worth 30 quid. Um, it might look very sharp, but it, it's it's probably not worth that price point. But I now can't find that anywhere, and I remember seeing that a long time ago. So maybe they've um, amended that price. But that is my recommendation of the week. Um, very, very nice. Okay, well, I guess... That's everything from us. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for bearing with and the technical issues. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you absolutely can. Absolutely everywhere. Just check the link tree in the bio, in the description below to find us in all the places possible. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS, or you can follow us individually. You can do that as well in the description below, where you'll find all of our handles, except for Miles, who's smart and doesn't have Twitter. If you really like what we do, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month, which keeps the podcast alive and kicking on its various podcast services and keeps the website nice and shiny. That's it, though. We'll be back very soon, as soon as next week, and we can't wait for you to come back for that, and we hope you do. But until then, it's goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It's goodbye from Mr. Yog Dog himself. Hello. It's goodbye from Miles. Oh well. And it's maybe goodbye from Ross. Can we get a goodbye from Ross? Nah. Oh. Bye. There we go. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. I've been actually cat, and we will see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs>